Hey guys. Welcome to the Fire Triangle podcast. We're excited to have you guys here. So after doing our first recording a couple days ago, quickly after, Shelby came up with three fire names for this podcast, which is so funny because for a second we almost let that hold us back from even beginning. Yep. We thought to ourselves... Oh, you know, maybe it'll take a couple episodes, and then as soon, literally as soon as we finished, I spit out a, bun- a bunch of ones, and they were mainly about um, both of us being fire signs, mm-hmm. and Leo, Aries, and then stumbled upon the fire triangle, because it takes the three elements, fuel, heat, and oxygen, to start a fire, but we changed the triangle, and the elements are mm-hmm. me... Mackenzie, and then the top of the triangle is our higher self or our higher power. Mm-hmm. And that's what this podcast is going to be presenting us right. working towards our higher selves, higher powers, and hopefully affecting you guys with some fire within you. Right. <laughs> and like kind of sharing our own journeys, mm-hmm. sharing them together, and then hopefully leading us all, leading us all there. So hopefully, as we connect to our higher selves, we encourage you all to go inward to do that work to to get to your higher selves as well yeah so before we begin we wanted to invite you guys to take a couple deep breaths with us you know we want you to to connect you guys with us we want to come into this with an open mind an open heart and don't have any expectations Mm-hmm. You know, it's the best way to live your life. So we're going to take three deep breaths. Before we begin, I want to explain what we're going to do during them. During the first, first we'll inhale. And on the first exhale, I want you to just release any tension that you have, any tension that you're feeling within your body or in your life right now. On the second one, during the second exhale, I want you to release any negativity, again, in your mind, in your day, and in your life. And on the, on the third one, we'll just make it very noisy, just a big exhale. <laughs> Let it all out before we begin this. Fully just be present, no expectations, open mind and take this time for yourself and yeah, mm-hmm. just be present from all the noise and the chaos and mm-hmm. show up for yourself and we'll show up for you guys. Mhm. Cool. So let's get into it. Okay, so let's inhale. Big inhale, fill up. And exhale, releasing any tension in your body and in your life. Okay, again, fill up. And exhale, releasing any negativity surrounding your life right now. And on this last one, Make it the loudest. Just let everything out. Inhale. And exhale. Wow. I feel good. That's for us just as much as it is for you guys. (laughs) Like, this is nerve wrecking. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we talk all the time, but just adding the simple phone into the mix is kind of wild. So. Yeah. Releasing the anxieties, the tensions. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so today, 
today we kind of wanted to just take you take you along our journey how we both individually got here you know we mentioned in the previous one that Shelby and I's paths and goals are aligning right now but we both got here in such different ways and I think that's beautiful because that just shows how different everyone is you know we're all struggling we're all going through our own things but we're always we're all going to take different approaches to it and different different things work for different people so mm-hmm. we figured it would be beneficial to share how we both got here today yes okay <laughs> you want to go into it Chelps? yeah so pretty much what in this episode i wanted to sort of dive into is well one i just want to acknowledge both of our strengths in getting here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd never in a million years imagined with my anxieties and my social right. anxieties and everything that I would be able to speak on the things mm-hmm. that I kept so close to myself. So basically any of my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always struggled with anxiety. And I would say in high school and even in the beginning of college, I really disassociated. I just avoided my body. I avoided my mind. I stayed active and tried to you know do things to just keep me distracted until one day I my brain and my body and everything like it got so filled with me suppressing that Mm -hmm. I broke the dam and it overflowed and I had tried I've tried about three therapists before I found my I call him my soulmate therapist I mean Mm -hmm. we just have such a my current therapist yeah we have such a strong bond bond and connection and spiritually and we had really similar upbringings and that's a whole other topic right in itself (laughs) but um we'll get there we'll get there so I would say my first therapist she it was kind of silly we would play bejeweled during my sessions and we would try and do behavioral work and like cognitive therapy and when did you start going to therapy when was your first first was freshman year of college college okay. yeah I had a great time at college but I definitely started to really struggle wouldn't show up to class like it just started mm-hmm. showing up everywhere and I couldn't right. take it anymore I wouldn't right. leave my bed I didn't suppress it any longer yeah right um and then I quickly left her <laughs> you were playing but be- yeah bejeweled? yeah Is that what you called it? yeah bejeweled yeah. yeah the like phone app game yeah and then <laughs> I know I I tried another one and and were I, these in person or online? The first one was in person, and then okay. the second one was a Zoom. Okay. And I remember in my second session with her, I mentioned that I smoke weed. Oh. Whoa. To, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. To um, go to sleep and stuff. And immediately she was like, oh, are you addicted? And I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay. I need to be able to speak openly and About freely. What and what I do yeah, without we, any judgment. We just didn't connect. Um, she, I don't think she really understood me. All my therapists also never really talked about themselves. And for me to feel connected to somebody, I need let's you to share. Both, yeah, let's We both, both have to share. Have yeah. To talk about and a lot of therapists avoid. That's kind of laissez-faire. Like, you don't speak about, is that the right word? I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. We'll find out Um, after. (laughs) They they don't really talk about themselves. You avoid it completely. And it's like, if I'm asking you questions or if if I show up and I don't really have anything to talk about, my current therapist will just go on a freaking tangent until I feel like I have something to say. Right. And that makes you feel comfortable too. You know, knowing, knowing that that person guiding you has Mm -hmm. also gone through things to get him Mm -hmm. there. 
And it obviously can bring things, conversations up and things to light. Yeah. And I didn't find my current therapist until pretty much after I broke up with my last boyfriend. We were together towards the end a little bit on and off, but in total about three years. And I had a dark place after that. I Uh mean, we left, both of us left the relationship and definitely me thinking like I have a lot to work on on. like Mm -hmm. a lot yeah a lot Mm -hmm. (laughs) one more time a lot (laughs) which is hard you know I mean that's that is why a lot of relationships end Mm -hmm. um because you both have so much work to do Mm -hmm. but that just shows like your strength in itself acknowledging it like okay it's time to get to work yeah and especially leaving college like undergrad and graduating and coming into adult life and just having no confidence in yourself. Every situation, every phone call, everything was giving me anxiety. It was so debilitating. Like I couldn't do anything. Couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't brush my teeth. I was like, I literally don't take care of myself. Right. And you know, my ex and me, we started dating at such such a young age and we both sort of broke the dam on all of the stuff that we were suppressing. I don't Mm -hmm. know how, but love, I guess, brings that out it can yeah it can and we were like oh wait we have all these problems Problems. and things we never dealt with and we also had similar upbringings and emotional issues and things that we suppressed for years and never dealt with and then when they surfaced both of us I didn't know how to communicate we didn't know what to ask for we just we were children we literally didn't had so much work to do apart Mm -hmm. and alone Mm -hmm. and that's one thing that people also don't don't really understand like you can't be in a relationship if you both don't do that work and a lot of the times if you're both on that journey then yeah it can work if you're still doing that work but a lot of the times you have to do that work on your own you have to be alone because you're the only one that's gonna get you out of it Mm -hmm. and I was relying on him for his love too so if I didn't pull myself out of it completely on my own then I would feel attached and relying on him for the rest of my life Right. Like, you don't want that. No. I had to be the one to pull myself out of it. I didn't even love myself anymore. My thoughts were his thoughts. I was like, wait, I would think of something and then I would say, well, wait, maybe I do agree with him. Maybe I don't. I had no confidence in my emotions, my feelings, my thoughts, nothing. Like, I did not know who I was anymore. Right. And I was so, I was just living for other people. I was people pleasing, even though I never actually was people pleasing. I was assuming everything. I was just falling down this, yeah, really bad hole. And so when did you meet your current therapist? It was, he he changed your life. Yeah. It was actually right before I officially ended things with With my ex Let's call him Jeff. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I no. keep almost saying your therapist's name and your ex's name, and I'm just, we, yeah. can we have, like, nicknames or something? Yeah, my ex's name is Jeff, Okay, and your my therapist's name? name is Chris. Okay, just for confidential reasons, we're not going to, yeah. like, throw out people's names, obviously, until we speak to them and no. ask them if we can. So, yeah, Jeff, my ex. Okay, that's your ex. Yep. <laughs> Heard. Chris is my therapist. Okay. So Chris and me started seeing each other right before... Basically, Chris helped me officially end things with, with Jeff, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, which took a while to get there. It right. really did. I mean, I had to genuinely feel into my heart to know what I wanted to do because ending it with Jeff felt like my whole world was going to crumble. Right. Literally. Because when you're in it, that's what you, in a way, that's what you think. You mm-hmm. know, it's so hard to see that light on the other side, even though that's 
that's where you're gonna go it's when you're so in it it's so hard to see that yeah no and chris saved my life and um he is a male which all my mm -hmm. friends think is wild um, i love that honestly. he's so emotionally intelligent mm -hmm. he is spiritual we do work on connecting back to our younger purest selves when mm -hmm. we were babies and children and mm -hmm. before society and our parents and other things started to dampen our light anyways um the work that we do though is it's intense it's insane it's hard one thing i love about him is if i don't show up he doesn't call me he doesn't bug me i don't get charged because if i show up it's fully me showing up for myself like right. i know you guys you show up. i know there's people out there where you schedule a doctor appointment and you just don't go or you like showing up for yourself is hard when it feels forced when it feels like it's something that you're supposed to do where you have to do i'll just straight up not i'll wake up for it and go Meh, right i don't want to right and that's something like like we when we were younger, we've talked about this before. When we were told to do something, uh uh, we're doing, we don't want to do it. Yeah, we hate reading books. When you're told books. to do something and that's how you look at it, like you don't want to do it. You have nope. to find that and you have to want to do it yourself. Right. You have to relearn the joy in things, even brushing your teeth because your parents would say to you, Did you brush your teeth tonight? Like it, almost as if you'd get in trouble if you didn't, right. instead of it being something that. You should be grateful that you even have a toothbrush, you even have toothpaste, <laughs> yeah. but now I'm like, it's a chore and something that my parents forced me to do. Right. Which is funny right, because right, right. growing up, I also didn't believe in therapy. Mm -hmm. And since I tried a couple therapists, I really didn't believe in therapy. I was truly giving up on it. Like I can but do I'm this on my own. You. I'm proud of you for not giving up on it. Mm -hmm. Even though you went through therapists who didn't, you didn't align with and it didn't work, like you still never gave up because you knew that there was work to do. Yeah. And I know so many people, you know, when you fail the first time you want to give up, but like, no, you fail and you get back up. Yeah. Because that's when the growth is going to happen. A hundred percent. I mean, I thought, um, when I would end it with one, I would go a year or even months before attempting to find another find one. Because another again, one, yeah. my anxiety and my depression was showing up so much in my body and it even got to the point it's so funny though I'll just randomly decide that I am the most powerful one in my life and I don't need therapy I don't need medicine I don't need any of this stuff and mm -hmm. just to preface this this is a funny story real quick so I was diagnosed with ADHD and I got on like Vyvanse and Adderall and my doctor put me on a crap load of maybe too of much of it milligrams yeah. Yeah, yeah like i had 50 milligram vivance the fact that you were prescribed vivance and adderall uh -huh. so after the 50 milligram of vivance and then afternoon take more yes okay what yeah no 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 think yes. about that for a second yes no <laughs> hold up hold the phone yeah so i would go days where like my foot's asleep i wouldn't sleep i'd go the whole night without sleeping and this would happen once every other week yeah, rightfully so. You're taking enough yeah. medicine to stay awake all week. And because that would happen to me even prior to taking the ADHD medicine, I would stay up all night easily. Right. Just really bad insomnia. And usually insomnia does come from people struggling with anxiety yeah, and depression. Yeah, literally. And then I wanted to go on, my doctor wanted to put me on anti-anxiety medicine. So I had to cold turkey and my Vyvanse and my uh -huh. Adderall. Uh -huh. I'm on Prozac for a month or two. And then I go, I don't need medicine. I, I want to be all natural and, and I cold just turkey cold that. turkey the Prozac because my doctor that prescribed it to me actually got fired and so I had no one to really talk to and tell that oh by the way I'm just gonna cold turkey this medicine like right. 
Um, wait, now that I think about it, I never paid for that doctor. Hmm. Anywho. So yeah, <laughs> trust like your process and everything. Trust the decisions that you make. I mean, it's, it's so scary to ask for help. Therapy is terrifying even now. And I love my therapist and I love the work that I've done. I still show up terrified mm-hmm. of what I'm going to unlock, what I'm going to realize. Mm-hmm. But one of the full, full circle, it's, it's work. it is the, the other day, so I had a full circle moment where I'll be telling him something and then I'll go, Oh my God, that's me doing this. And I'll take the words right out of his mouth. So I'm almost becoming my own therapist right. where I can even start to process my thoughts and right. notice things and tendencies and implement new um, practices in my life to not live like that anymore because mm-hmm. who who the fuck wants to live like that? Right. And I just want to say, like, I'm so proud of the work that you have done for yourself. I mean, I know we've been friends for, what, like, like seven years I've known you, yeah. maybe, if we went to Ultra five years ago. Yeah. Yeah, like seven. Six I've known seven, you yeah. for, like, six or seven years. And although we weren't that close, of course, I know who you are and, like, the way you carry yourself and this and that. And even just seeing you last April, so almost a year ago, when we went to Italy versus now, I mean, I asked Shelby, I said, where did this confidence come from? I freaking love it. Like, <laughs> I'm so glad you are starting to see yourself the way everyone around you sees you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she can thank that work that she does for herself, going to therapy and the people she surrounds herself with and just believing that you are enough. Yeah, all that you have to offer. And you, whatever you're feeling, however you judge yourself, however mean you are to yourself, you project it onto everyone around you. Absolutely. I'm so uncomfortable when my friends show me love because I literally don't love myself. Mm -hmm. And then I, um, like my body dysmorphia, I'll say in my head and I'll talk quote unquote shit about other people to feel better about myself Mm -hmm. and then you convince yourself that you're a horrible person because you're thinking these thoughts about other people but it's okay to be mean to yourself no but not other like yeah right so I definitely no but you've gotten so just good at that about about everything and the way you carry yourself and the way you speak about yourself like yeah I don't know. I'm definitely like coming home and having these conversations with you. Like you definitely believe in the words that you're saying, which I can tell now. I see such a difference. Five months ago, if we had these types of conversations, I'd be rolling my eyes. And I know some of you are listening and you're like, ugh, whatever. I get it. When I first started this work, anytime James would tell me something spiritual or he would be like, you need to preach to yourself that you're amazing. And I would literally stand in the mirror and be like, oh, you're awesome. And I'd roll my eyes because it is kind of like, whatever, dude, sure. And you like to stay where you're at. Suffering is comfortable comfortable in the brain. It actually releases, like feeling sorry for yourself does release a short amount of endorphins for a short amount of time. So it does feel good. And it to keeps, feel sorry for yourself. To keep yourself there. And yeah. it keeps you there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you don't need no. this. And no. and tricking your brain also sounds silly. Right. Like, oh, yeah, sure, my, I can trick my own brain. You can. You can. Over this, time, it does all of do this, that. All of this is tricking your brain, however you want to call it, or rewiring your brain mm-hmm. or changing your thoughts. Like, it is possible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, you were rolling your eyes. But how many times did you continue to do it until you actually believed it? Like, mm-hmm. it is true. You have to believe it. 
you have to believe all of these things before you can see it. Yeah. And at first it it becomes reality because your thoughts, what you, your thoughts create your reality, your mind with creates your reality, whether you are conscious of it or not, whether you believe it or not, Mm -hmm. it is happening right before Mm -hmm. your eyes. And the more you tune into it, honestly, the more control you have, which is over the last couple months is just astounding to me. I'm like, Oh my God. Goodness, it's yeah. happening right before my eyes and I can't believe it. Yep. I'm like, why am I act- acting surprised? I literally asked for this. Yeah, you do. And you want it. And that's the I'm thing like, too. What? When it comes, you're like, wait, whoa, this is a wow. lot. And awareness is tiring. It's so it's so tiring at and first. It's so much work. But, but it's gosh, hard. I would I would rather be aware than not aware. Like right. could, being able to connect just the more that you become aware, the more you're connecting to yourself. And right. And to that, and to the universe, and to the, your higher good, and to the higher good of why we're even here, mm-hmm. you know, why we're even on earth. Mm-hmm. It's such a beautiful thing, though. Like, yes, it took you so much work to get here, but, like, it's so beautiful to watch it unfold. And, yeah, I'm really proud to, to be a part of it. Thanks. Well, yeah, because I felt things slipping through so my fingers. Friendships were slipping. I was slipping. Like, you didn't have control. Everything was slipping. Yeah, I had no... I was getting to the point of like, I genuinely don't know how much longer I can keep doing this. Like, no, it, I reached a genuine, yeah, breaking, a breaking point. point. And yeah. honestly, externally, people probably didn't even realize, which is insane no. because I think you did a really good job at holding it in because there's one thing about you, although like you get so much anxiety before you do things, it's like, it always works out. Mm hmm. And you always play it off so cool. Yeah, we mm-hmm. might live our life a little chaotic. That's one thing we really have in common. We really like the impulsiveness and the chaos. It's how we roll. Yeah. But we always make it work. So yeah. it's like from the outside perspective, I don't think anyone actually knew what you were actually struggling with and going through. Yeah, no. And I, I yeah, I'm very go with the flow. As problems come, I don't think they're that big of a deal. So I think my anxiety was always tied to... Um, my anxiety was always tied to internally and me mm-hmm. and the chaos in my brain. Like, mm-hmm. I'm failing. I'm horrible. I'm this. I'm that. It was never really uh, events, right? Like, some people have anxiety only tied to work. Some people have anxiety mm-hmm. after certain things happen, whereas mm-hmm. mine was genuinely just constant, and it was always about myself. Yeah. It wasn't really about other people or right. other events. You just had work to do to believe in yourself. Yeah. And how you even got here and what made you have these feelings, you know? And that's all coming to light, which is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that I wouldn't be here talking about these things without you, without, like, all this work and the awareness. Right, no. And the hardships. And it's the thing you even say, like, five months ago, you wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah, like, no. Like, no. The timing of this is really beautiful because mm-hmm. we do see a role. and We do, I don't even know, like, I see a role in... We've gotten ourselves here, so like our experiences can hopefully help people dive deeper into themselves, mm-hmm. see that it, it is possible and it is so worth it. Yeah, and of course because this all we don't sounds- want to live unhappy. I mean, no. we all want to be happy. But one thing, everyone is searching for pe- for happiness. Yeah. Everyone's searching for outside things to fulfill themselves. Yeah. When in reality, what you're really looking for is peace within. Within. And when you start to hold on to that and grasp that and understand it, start living a whole new life Mm -hmm. internally yeah which then affects your external yeah reality yeah my anxiety was definitely it felt like um like a what's the word of just 
thoughts, millions and millions of thoughts racing a mile a minute. Yeah, like and then that causes so many health problems too. And of course, by the way, guys, this might seem like I'm talking about all of this in a broad sense. We will be diving into all aspects of what helped me, mm-hmm. what my anxiety mm-hmm. genuinely is like, how things mm-hmm. have like, and, and Mackenzie as well. We'll go into more deeper of our topics of right, these right. things. This is, this is a little broad. I mean, we just yeah want to share yeah our experiences with you guys, and then as we move forward, we'll definitely dive deeper into all of these topics yeah. that we're speaking of right now. Hundred percent. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us. <laughs> I've heard it before, but I always love <laughs> hearing it again. It kind of sounded like that was your first time. Yeah, I mean, hearing I it. would say because there were some things like yeah, talking about the previous therapists and things I definitely hadn't asked those questions before so it was nice to hear a little more and get deeper on that yeah so thanks for sharing you're welcome okay so honestly I had such a different journey of getting (laughs) getting me here um one thing I will say and it definitely makes sense as to why I'm starting to go towards the route of wanting to be a life coach um I'm gonna start that with helping girls and women um, become sober. But my bigger goal in my life is to become a life coach and to help people, you know, find that strength within themselves no matter what they're going through. But I would say, like, from a young age, I I have always been, although I didn't personally struggle with anxiety and depression, I have always been surrounded by people who have very close people to me, whether it be family or friends. And I feel like I was always an ear for them. I always was just patient with them. And just I felt like, in a way, I learned how to help them handle it. Um, And yeah, it it taught me a lot about anxiety and depression, even Mm -hmm. if I wasn't going through it myself. Yeah. Um, And I can vouch for her because I have people in my life who have never experienced anxiety and depression, and I know some people are going to relate to me on this, that you yeah. do not want to, hear. want to hear what they have to say. Right. Like, they'll just say something, and not that they mean to be ignorant and not that they mean to be annoying, but someone who experiences anxiety and depression, let's say someone who doesn't, is like, well, what do you mean? Just be happy. It's like, shut up. Actually, like you do shut not up. Under- understand how hard it is for me to right. even and get you, to that point right now. Even though you may not feel fully be able to understand it in your brain yeah you've you're you've always been able to empathize Mm -hmm. with me and I know with the people around you and Mm -hmm. really listen to them and sort of you're able to help them see your side Mm -hmm. a little bit and how they can sort of come through it and how they can even rely on you Mm -hmm. because yeah I know I definitely do in my moments of weakness and it's always okay to rely on your friends and ask for help like right remind me real quick that I'm awesome please right (laughs) right you know and just speaking about that like I've always I feel like I've noticed that my that is a role that I have that like people feel comfortable coming up to me and talking to me about deep things because Mm -hmm. I care to listen like let me help you get through that absolutely Mm -hmm. like I do not like small talk. Like, literally, tell me your problems and how can I help you? Yeah, and you do help with how to implement journaling, how to implement those Mm -hmm. new little tasks that for people like me, it can be really, really draining and and hard to do. And, you know, a lot of the times I'll get frustrated because I do want to be without anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. But you have to shift and think 
that part of me is beautiful and I'm able to probably empathize as well Mm -hmm. with a lot of people and I have to shift it to love that voice instead of fighting it Mm -hmm. all the time and you've definitely helped me do that too Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah I would say that like I definitely see see that being my role in a lot of people and a lot of my close friends and close family um which is great and I would say like again at a very young age like I learned quickly that people come and go in your life I feel like I learned this maybe before um, before other people learned this. Um, it was always hard for me to keep girlfriends. I was always friends with the guys, but it was hard for me to keep close girlfriends. And at that time, I would say in like middle school and high school, I didn't know why. I didn't know why until college mm-hmm. and our, I met our entire friend group. And mm-hmm. I was like, this, this is what... It was leading me to like, I quickly realized like not everyone deserves your energy and vice versa. Maybe you don't deserve theirs, Mm -hmm. but your energy is so sacred that there was a reason that those people didn't stay in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, people are here for a season, a reason, whatever the whole Mm -hmm. little quote is. I absolutely. And so that was something that I learned and could understand so much that post-college when um, some of our our group kind of split up, I was able to help guide my friends through losing people, you know, showing them and explaining to them that like, yes, be so grateful for your experience with them and your time, but maybe it wasn't meant to be forever and that's Mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Think about all the good times you had together. What lessons did you learn from that person? Like, it's always a learning opportunity. You're good at not so, giving yourself away. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, people please beyond no belief to where I actually ruin relationships mm-hmm. and because I but gave too much. But I feel like now much. you're, you've definitely, I mean, there's still work to be done. Yeah, yeah. But I think because you're so aware of it now, you're able to notice that. But yeah, definitely in the past, I yeah. can see that. Because you know which parts to give Mm -hmm. without losing yourself right so you've like always sort of known how to do that a little bit and keeping yourself safe right like in your relationships right and even just now like and I think that was a lesson learning that so young like helps me now like I don't even really have to think about it but like if I I can feel your vibe instantly and if I feel comfortable with you if I can connect with you oh you are gonna get weird silly mac Mm -hmm. instantly or maybe Mm -hmm. very quickly if I feel your energy and I can tell that I can't trust you or I can't open up to you, I am so mute. Mm-hmm. People will notice that. And it's just crazy that I don't even have to think about that. That is just my body's reaction and it's my body's protecting me. It's literally me protecting myself from giving those pieces of me or that energy away to people who do not deserve it. Mm-hmm. And so that is one thing I'm very grateful for. Yeah. Um, okay, what else? What else helped me get here? So I would say in my junior year, junior year into senior year of college, I joined a network marketing company. And although I did not stay in it long enough, I did not give enough of my energy to find success within it. There was something that they instilled with us that honestly changed my life and I continue to do every day. And that was personal development. I would say before that, I never listened to podcasts. I never journaled. I never 
did anything to fuel my mind um, with healthy thoughts, which is crazy because I would say I'm very thankful for my mindset, but that really jump-started it when I started implementing podcasts into my life and to um, implementing daily or even weekly affirmations, you know? They don't teach you even that in if school. They do not teach you that, which is crazy. <laughs> no, boy. Like, I'm ready to start my own little class for these kids. Oh, my gosh. Because, I mean, in today's age, these kids with their... The, what they have access to and how much anxiety and depression these kids have, they need to be learning how to train their mind and how mm-hmm. to f- feed their minds with positive things. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, just podcasts, affirmations, feeding my mind with um, healthy things that I wanted to, my reality to look like. Again, even if I didn't, be- like, even if I didn't fully believe it, like, you really have to believe it before you see it. It sounds so crazy, but, like... Just say, yeah, you you are your own block. So just reminding yourself every day, I am strong. I am a good girlfriend. I am a good friend. I am a great daughter. Like I deserve. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She'll be rolling her eyes at my positivity, but I'll deal with it. (laughs) Um, It's really true. Like it really is tricking and training your mind. That's all. All it is. It's all mindset, baby. Um, Mind is power. Mind is so powerful. And then post-college, I would say like my first year in Spain, journaling kept me so grounded. I was really good at spending spending time alone and just finding that inner peace within myself, um, which again is so hard and it's so scary. But like if you're okay with being alone and you find peace within yourself, like that's just going to shape your whole reality and make make you so much happier as a person it's wild how early on you realized it because I realized when my roommate got and my best friend um her recent boyfriend when she would be gone weekends on end I struggled to be alone I've never been alone I've always had roommates and friends I lived in the sorority house I'm so used to having people around I don't think I've ever done anything by myself. I've never gone to the nail salon by myself. I've never gone what? on a hike by myself. I No, I have to do things with people oh, around. okay. This is something we're going to be practicing and this I've week. I've never... And again, like I even consider if I have my phone, I'm not alone. Because okay. I can like text, call, right. go on Instagram. I'll distract my mind from thinking right. that it's alone. And I really struggle with it because when people are alone, they're like, oh, I enjoy painting. And they start to dive into themselves. Yeah, but you shuffling, you go into the gym, you're alone. Yeah, I guess that is alone, but yeah, that's also me around you, but doing still... things that other people around me do. So it feels like, I don't know, it feels different a little bit. Okay. I'm not alone with my Well, then thoughts. we're going to have to keep diving deeper into this and find some things yeah. you can do on your alone to find that. Yeah, because I don't want to be alone Ooh, with I'm my intrigued. thoughts. I'm intrigued. I'm going to get some workshops. <laughs> Look at this. Who like we said, even if this just helps us... Get a little further. Yeah. I'm content. Oh my God. <laughs> Look at me right now. <laughs> um, okay. My last thing that really, oof, was the most monumental part. And it, it honestly makes me so emotional when I think about it. Was when I cut alcohol out of my life. That was the most, I don't even know, the best thing, the greatest thing I could have done. Because before that, you know, although I'm doing all of these things to help 
my mind get to where I want it to be, I just felt like there was this disconnect and this unalignment with it inside of me. You know, I was doing all of this work and like I said, getting blackout on the weekend. Yeah. And it was just like, it wasn't aligned and there wasn't like a fluid flow. Reminder that we went to East Carolina University. Those of you that get it, get it. Those of you that don't, won't. But <laughs> this A party freaking school, will tell you that like the graduation rate of doing it in four years is about, what's 4%? 40? No, no, no. I'm just saying oh. four years, but it is It's low. like 20% or something that- And we both did it. People, you? Yeah, we did. Wow. Wow. Somehow. But yeah, no. Somehow. We I, were... was, I was a very, I was in a very small group of our friends. Obviously not just my friends in my grade. Um, I was mm-hmm. a, in a small percentage of them who graduated on time. Yeah. I think same with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But like, I wouldn't change it for the world. Oh, no, of course not. But yeah, not. like uh, my life since high school has been party, blacking out, this and that. But even through all that, we were, I was able to continue to work on myself. But yeah, I just... Could not do the disconnect anymore. I was like, this is getting boring. <laughs> I know every time I'm going to drink, it's going to be bad. I'm going to black out. What? like? And you've been drinking now since probably freshman year of high school. So Right. So over 10 years, mm-hmm. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. So honestly, making that first step was the hardest part. It was my birthday almost a year ago. Last April. And what got me, I do want to tell, tell this story a little. What got me was um, one of my best friends, her family was in town. So they went out to dinner with us and they went around the circle and her fa- I'm very close with her family. They've, they've seen the good and the bad of me. They've seen a lot of bad nights for me, so they get it. But even through that, they're, always, they're able to tell me their favorite things about me. Mm-hmm. So everyone goes in the circle and I'm sitting there crying, like just emotional, but I feel it. Like I do... I see the impact that I have on people in my life. And later that night, we go out, I black out, and it's kind of like a shit show. Nothing crazy happened, but we go to go to a, the park the next day and my friends are telling me what the night was like the night before and this just something inside of me said I am done feeling this way. I am done being two different people. Like Mm -hmm. I'm this whole other person when I'm sober and when Mm -hmm. I'm drunk, I'm the complete opposite. I'm a liability, I'm a mess, I fall asleep, I pee the bed. I was just like, this is, I just turned 25, what am I doing? And a quick story. I felt like I didn't have control and I was so sick of not having control. A hundred percent. And to tell a quick story, I visit, me and um, a couple of our friends, we all took a trip to go to Spain and then go to Italy for their spring break and on top of all the other things that happen when you're drunk, you lose everything, but you have the absolute best <laughs> luck. It's wild, but it's kind of funny because you haven't really lost anything since you stopped drinking. But Yeah, because I, that was the only time I ever lost anything was, yeah. was when I was drunk. But yes, this is quite crazy. Everything always, usually, there were only a, one time that something didn't get returned to me when it was either lost or stolen. But yeah, lost, not, mm-hmm. never stolen. If it was stolen, it's gone. But yeah, I lost things a lot in the last four years. But every single time, those things came back to me. Yep. Because I kept my cool. Yep. 
I told myself it was going to be okay no matter yeah. what. I never once freaked out. I no. never made it about me. No. There was one time it was Kayla's birthday. We were literally at the Chainsmokers concert. And I could have totally made it about me, but I was like, nope, I am going. We are having a day. Mm-hmm. And my phone was later returned to me that night from the Uber driver. Like, What? So yeah, in Italy, tell the story. Oh yeah, or so no, in, in Spain. In Spain, uh, I fly a red eye with my friend, and we get to Spain at like eight a.m. They all have just woken up from going out the night prior. I know it was she, chaos. It was chaos. I'm so still drunk. She was still drunk. Had lost her wallet. We're all trying to get ready to get the morning going, and then the cops show up to my front door. To the front door. We're kind of freaking out a little bit. Like, why are the police here? And they were literally bringing her her wallet. wallet. Who does that happen to? My Who wallet does that, that happen was to? found on the streets of Madrid in a back alley. I asked them where they found it. They said, oh, just on the ground. And you know what's even crazier? I had just gotten my ID two days before that yeah. to show that I lived there. Yep. If not, they wouldn't I have wouldn't, had your address. They wouldn't have had my address. I don't know if I would have reached out to the police to... To find it. No, I think I would have just taken the L. Yeah. Like, yeah. I had lost things in the past. Um, I would never know to check And I would have never gone station. to the police. No. Yeah, especially not in a different country. I would have just been like, all right, yeah, I'll, can- no. I'll cancel everything and I'll reorder it. Yeah. But yeah. That was crazy. So that was actually a week and a half before I quit drinking was yes. that. But... Because yes. um, then we kept getting drunk. Yeah, we... Yeah, I would say like when you guys came, Spain was kind of the craziest time because that happened. And then that whole day we day drank and... It was just a bit chaotic. Um, nothing bad happened again after you guys were there, but we were drinking consecutively every single day. So yeah, by the time my birthday came, I was just sick of it. I was sick of the unalignment and feeling like I was two different people. So yeah, I, I decided that I was so much better than this. And... Two nights after my birthday, I sat in my bed just crying my eyes out. Like when I, I just recently felt this feeling again and it made me think of this. Like when I need to bring something to the surface, my body just lets it out. I just cry and I know that it's going to be hard and scary, but I know that there's so something so much better on the other side of it. So I'm I'm really happy that I'm able to like bring this to light so quickly as soon as I feel it. I'm like, no, I'm doing this and I'm sticking with it. And that's what I did. I went, I sat in my bed and I cried and I wrote myself a letter and I was embarrassed. I was like, the fact that I even got to this point, like I couldn't even control my alcohol anymore that I have to cut it out completely. But like, that's not embarrassing. If it's not serving you anymore, it's not serving you. If it's causing you more harm than good, then cut it out of your life, no matter what that may look like. Whether it be a substance, whether it be a person, a family member, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, like a job, you have that power to take that thing that's causing you pain away. Nothing's that cool either. Like no. you should never think that something like that, you know, you're you feeling right. uncool because you're a lightweight or right. Uh, yeah, right. No. Yeah. And it was like, honestly, like the more I drank, the less tolerance I had. My body was physically showing me that it was starting to shut down. Mm-hmm. I would start drinking less and blacking out more. So it was just, there were so many signs where I needed to cut it out. But as soon as I did that and I started this journey of living a life without alcohol, I truly saw the beauty in it and saw the beauty of this life. And I <laughs> 
felt and continue to feel more aligned with who I am and who I'm supposed to be and just like proud of myself and proud of who I am and what what it took to get here and you know in the beginning of of sobriety I really started to just like be honest with myself what I wanted and started to like regain that trust within myself because alcohol made me a liar like honestly <laughs> so I was able to be more truthful with myself I was able to be more truthful with the people around me and like what I wanted out of this and another thing um my journey of quitting alcohol was was fairly easy honestly I had been holding myself back because I was so scared I was so scared and looking at it like I was gonna lose something like oh my god I'm not gonna be able to drink anymore like am I gonna be able to go out like my life I'm I'm so social I love to be social I love to go out I love to go to shows I didn't want to lose my friends I didn't want my life to change too much of course I wanted to for it to change for the good but I was I was scared but yeah, it showed me that it's so much more beautiful on the other side. You know, not everyone needs to quit quit drinking, but it was something that I needed to do. This was for myself. It wasn't for anyone else. Oh, I did this ignited. for myself. That ignited a lot of sparks within our entire, entire friend, friend group, group, which again, you definitely Oof. did not expect because no. again, all of us are... We're partiers. pretty heavy partiers, partiers and yeah. partying was associated to alcohol for a lot of us. And and I'm sure a lot of people go through this post-college, obviously. You have a job. You have so many other things you need to be doing. And it kind of just gets to the point like, yeah, why am I still blacking out every weekend? Right, right. You don't need and to I always notice like when I drank, I can, I handled my alcohol different, you know. So I didn't think this needed to be a group effort of everyone needed to cut alcohol out of their life. I didn't think no. I needed to not be surrounded by it anymore. I said, no, I'm doing this for me. I still want to be around it because all of my friends and family, I didn't know one singular human being that yeah, did not, not drink. One. Not one. Not I did one. not find a community of it. I did not find other people until I cut it out and I started searching for it. And in that letter that I wrote to myself the night before... Um, I officially stopped. I told myself, you know, I'm gonna fully commit to this. I promised myself a year. And I said, just imagine how much better of a human you can be to yourself and to everyone around you. And, you know, it might take out, outside resources. That's okay. Because none of your friends have experienced this. Like I said, I didn't know anyone sober. I didn't know what the heck I was getting into. And so at the beginning of my sobriety, the next day, I sent it to Madison and Kayla because I, I was so embarrassed. I could not even say the words I was quitting drinking without hysterically crying. But, you know, those feelings didn't last forever. I quickly told everyone around me. I called my parents. I called my close friends. I told everyone I was surrounded with in Spain. And I started to fully identify that this is what I was going to do. Even if deep down I was like, I don't know. I felt like I had a little bit of like imposter syndrome. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, I was literally blackout last weekend and now I'm going out and telling people I don't drink. But because I identified with that, I was like, no, I don't drink. No, I don't drink. No, I don't drink. It quickly became my reality. Mm -hmm. And at first I was so uncomfortable and I saw how uncomfortable it made others feel mm -hmm. that like, I was like, oh my God, please no one ask me why I'm not drinking. Please no one ask. But like, 
a couple months in, I was like, that was my favorite question. I was like, who's going to ask me tonight why I'm not mm-hmm. drinking? Because my life is just simply better without it. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. If something isn't serving you anymore, snip, snip. Yeah. Let's cut it. Yeah. So yeah, it's just nice to be able to be here 11 months later, almost 12, and just be so proud that I've even gotten to this point. And you know, my support system near or far has been amazing. My mindset has continued to lead me here and to show me the strength that I really have within. That now I'm at this point where it's so much bigger than me and I'm ready, I'm so ready to share that. Mm-hmm. That strength and that love with other people. And you break the um, the awkwardness through alleviating assumption, right? A lot of the time, people are assuming things, people pleasing, attempting to figure out what to do, and then it's awkward. Just ask. Like Just if ask. I was feeling awkward around you because I wanted to drink some wine, and then I assume, and then no, right. just ask. And that's like, the just thing. Speak to it, right? And, like, I know this isn't the case for everyone who quits drinking, but like I said, I wanted to still be around it. So I made that very clear for people. Mm-hmm. I was still around it all the time because mm-hmm. I knew, yes, alcohol is toxic, but, like, some people have a healthier relationship with it. Mm-hmm. So, like, that doesn't affect me. I want right. you to still be able to do it if you want to, but I'm just, as long as I have my drink, yeah, my drink is missing one ingredient, but mm-hmm. I still have a drink in my hand. I was content. So, like, I made, I made people <laughs> feel comfortable still being around me, 100%. you know? And, like, of course, I, was, I definitely became aware of who and where I wanted to go. I became more specific with that because I didn't... There were some people I just couldn't stand being around drunk, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like Shelby said, said, like, starting a ripple effect of our friends. Even just in Spain, like, there were so many times where I'm coming home from work or from the gym, and I'm texting Kayla, like, hey... Want to drink wine with me? And when I stopped drinking, I, I started to notice how much wine, how how there wasn't any wine in our house. Mm-hmm. They weren't drinking. And it wasn't that they were trying to do it because they were worried, like, I was there. Mm-hmm. No. They just simply didn't need it any, anymore. So I realized how much of an impact I had on other people's lives of my drinking patterns. It mm-hmm. affected them, too. But it's been nice because since then, and I think it's just coincidental I don't know like a lot of people in our friend group have noticed that they don't want to drink as much as we want to anymore I think it's that time of our life like we're 24 25 26 like cut it out like we are made for so much more because I'm not sober a lot of us aren't no fully sober but But it's just like we don't guys don't drink to that level we used to so I'm glad that it's like a group effort that like Mm -hmm. we don't do that and you said the other night when we were last Friday we were hanging out at our friend's where she was dog watching and Shelby comes in the room. She's like, we haven't gone out in forever. Like, what is this? We haven't besides going to shows and festivals. Like we Mm. don't go out. Mm -hmm. What's the point anymore? It's like, there is just so much more beauty to this life than that. And I'm so glad that we're reaching that point of finding new things to do. And we still hang out. We go out when, when she says like, we haven't been out, we met to a bar, to a bar. Yeah. 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 We've gone to clubs and we've seen our, you know, we're big, EDM heads. Yeah, we um, are. We go to a lot of shows, and I feel more myself, present, and healing from doing that. So we haven't been to a bar in forever right. because what you go there, you spend money, 
we're only going to talk to each other anyway. Right. It's like, okay, I'd rather do that on your couch. Yeah. And we can probably get even deeper here. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you know, otherwise if we're like, not Like you guys talking, can drink wine here. I can have my drinks. Like yeah. we can do it all here. Yeah. So it's nice that that's changing too. And it's also starting to become more talked about and more normalized in our, our society because we grew up in a society where, well, one on the TV, everyone comes home from work and is drinking. Yep. So that's what our reality is too. And we also just became... Like, we all started drinking in high school. It was just, like, drink, 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 drink. It was correlated with socializing. And, like, Mm -hmm. to just be able to, like, break that norm within myself and, like, the people around us. A lot of norms. Drinking and therapy. Therapy for a lot of people was either you're failing, you have a mental disorder, which a lot of people don't want to admit to themselves, or you wait until something bad has happened to to start going to therapy. Right, you've reached your breaking point. Yeah. I know. So, Yeah. I feel like that's really it. Which is just so wild to think that we were in Italy and Spain mm-hmm. a year ago. Mm-hmm. Almost and a year ago. And then right after. It's almost, it's so wild. Not that you did it with ease. It was obviously hard, but from an external oh, it was, view. It was so much, I can, I can say it was so much easier than I ever thought it was. Right. But again. That's the, the fear of thinking something. That's the fear yeah. of thinking it, but also like, I don't know, they're, Everyone's been really supportive in my life um, with this, which I'm very grateful for. Like, I didn't have to cut out anyone because mm-hmm. of that or because mm-hmm. that was my only thing that tied to them, which right. is really nice because I know that's not the case for everyone. A lot of people have to cut people, cut out. people out and mm-hmm. start doing new things. And, of course, I started doing new things, but, like, my friends stayed my friends and my family's been very supportive. But I've noticed some people tell me, like, oh, like, that's great for you. It kind of sounds like you nipped it in the butt before it got really bad. I'm like, well, why do you have, why should I have let it get any worse? Like it was mm-hmm. already causing so much mm-hmm. harm and pain in my life that like, for me, it was my breaking point. So of course right. everyone's going to have their breaking point. You do not have to fully go all the way down yeah. Yeah. for you to start making those changes. Like you right. have that power to change, even if it isn't that bad. Yeah. And again, like, yeah, if you had said in the beginning, you know, when you were still trying to quit, if you had said to me, I can't be around drinking, I would have been totally fine with that. Like, I'm not right emotionally attached to alcohol. I think for me, something you helped me realize sort of was I'm trying to get my power back. And with the anxiety that I have, alcohol does help take away some of that anxiety, anxiety and make me feel more loose and make right. me feel like, okay, I can be more bubbly right. and social to strangers right. when I'm drinking. Right. And so trying to shift that yeah. and being confident enough in yourself to dance, to be weird, to talk yeah. to, and you should be. You should be. I know. And that, that was like a, a really beautiful thing about becoming sober. It was like, oh my gosh, I used to think I had to drink to like be social. Like, no, honestly, I hated who I was becoming when I was drinking. Like, who I wanted to be, I always had it within myself. Mm-hmm. And, like, I hope I can show other people that, like, our weird, silly selves, our child within us is supposed to come out. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have to take anything or do anything to get that out. And I get that. A lot of people have social anxiety. Like, it was really weird at first being the only one sober. But, like, I showed people around me that I can do it sober. We don't need that. Mm-hmm. If I don't need it, you don't need it either. Yeah. So... Yeah, this is getting a little long, but I'm really happy with what we shared today, Shelves. Me too, yeah. I think that was great. I hope you guys 
understand us a little bit better yeah. and can kind of see the route we're attempting to, to take go down yeah with this podcast and I what agree. we're trying to share and of course we'll get more specific we'll go into mm-hmm. more depth but yeah I think that's definitely down the road we're gonna start to have some of our friends on here and talk about different things which is gonna be really cool as well mm-hmm. um we're gonna start to figure out that and plan a little more but I'm really proud of us for starting this. I'm excited for to see where it goes mm-hmm. um, and to continue to just be vulnerable and share more. Dive into the unknown, baby. We are just fully <laughs> diving in at the moment. Oh, my gosh. We'll talk about that another, another time, what we're kind of going through right now. But, okay. We love you guys. Thank you. <laughs> Ciao.